Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. I'm Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, uh, joins us. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi, Patricia. Uh, you're very welcome. Now, you watched a movie that I watched during the week because this got um, dropped on Netflix and I'd been waiting for months since I heard about this. And this is the movie all about the Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Uh, and also, you watched a movie called Underwater. OK, we have a quick trailer from this movie all about the Eurovision Song Contest. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. I am Lars. This is Secret. We are Fire Saga. Who wants to hear a Eurovision song? All of Iceland thinks we are a joke. That's not true. And my father is ashamed of me. No, he's not. He looked me into the eyes and said, I am ashamed of you. Maybe he was drunk. He said, and you might think that I'm drunk, but I am dead sober. Idiot. Officially, Fire Saga will be representing Iceland at Eurovision this year. I hate them. Absolutely terrible. They're old, disgusting people. But we have no choice. So we're in. Yeah. 42 countries. Hundreds of performers. And a worldwide audience of 180 million. This is Eurovision. I'm nearly excited even listening to the clip. And that, yes, that is uh, Graeme uh, Norton. Uh, and I'm going to straight out say I absolutely loved it from start to finish. But the, And I am a Eurovision fan. And I just thought it was great. So it was a great laugh. Anyway, um, just synopsize it for people that haven't seen it yet, uh, Mark, the general storyline. Uh, well, it's there in the trailer, I think, um, which what, what, is kind of a, um, a kind of a plot sequence whereby they end up representing uh, Iceland to go to Edinburgh to represent Iceland uh, in the Eurovision Song Contest. And it's basically about the fact that, you know, his father doesn't particularly respect him very much. Uh, there are lots of running jokes about them being brother and sister all the time, which is a running gag, which is really, really quite funny because he's Eric's son and she's Eric's daughter. And uh, so then they go to represent uh, Iceland in the uh, Eurovision Song Contest. And basically it's about their time uh, in Edinburgh uh, at the, the, uh, the, the contest. 
Um, I'm glad to be able to say I thought it was terrific. <laughs> hey, I well did done. love it. Well done. I just thought it was just <laughs> great fun altogether. There are huge plot holes in it, though. Um, you know, if you go on the BBC website, it'll actually give you a list of mistakes. <laughs> but most of the most of the mistakes are stupid. And they don't really mean anything to me. But there was one huge plot hole. I don't know if you noticed it or not. Uh, well, you know, there's a reference at one stage to um, the UK getting zero points yeah. because nobody likes them. But yet, of course, if it was held in Edinburgh, then England had, had, had to have one. Yeah, but the yeah. Two, but the two presenters on the night were from Eastern Europe. Yeah. So, um, so which was a huge mistake, and I don't think it was deliberate, and I don't know how that they managed to do that, but they did for some strange reason. Let's talk about what I didn't particularly like about it, though, first of all. I mean, there were a couple of things. I didn't really like the kind of sexual nature of a lot of the gags, and I wish that instead of it being kind of 12, it would have been kind of PG. Um, you know, you know, like, for example, you know, the, the, the scene with the, the statues and the attendances, uh, I think... Yeah, they, they didn't need that. that. Yeah, they didn't yeah, need it. Yeah, I think it. what was in great was, uh, like, a, a PG-rated movie because, of course, Netflix don't need box office returns. Uh, you know, this could have been a movie that, you know, grandparents and grandkids could have watched together, but there are a couple of sexual kind of things in it that I didn't particularly like very much. I also think it's incredibly long. I think it's about 20 minutes too long, and I think they could have certainly taken that out. Apart from that, I loved everything else about it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was sweet. It's on the right side of respectable. Yes, it's making fun of the Eurovision Song Contest, but I think some of the recreation of, say, some of the um, some of the, the the performances in Eurovision with the, the fire um, and the music, I think it was a bunch of Swedes who wrote the music. They got all that exactly right and utterly brilliant. And it's on the right side of uh, respectable, I think, to the Song Contest. I presume you found that as well. I did, yeah. And the wind machine and the hair and the dancers and it was just, I just it just made me laugh from from start uh, to finish. And it was interesting. I heard an interview with um, uh, uh, Will Farrell, who made the movie, um, and he was he had been in I think he's married to a Swedish girl and he'd been in Sweden he'd never heard of the obviously being American never heard of the Eurovision Song Contest was in Sweden one weekend what are we doing we're all sitting down to watch the Eurovision Song Contest and he said he sat down and for three hours his jaw was just dropped he'd never seen anything like it and he could not believe that no one had ever made a movie about it Thank you, right, I suppose, yeah. Um, it is surprising, yeah. His wife, as you said, is Swedish, so obviously knew about ABBA and knew about kind of the background of the Eurovision Song Contest, especially in kind of Scandinavian countries, which kind of surprised me then why then they didn't film it um, as Swedes instead of being Icelandic kind of people, which, uh, and the accents are very good, apart from maybe Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan is more kind of Swedish than Icelandic, I think. But he and is Pierce very, very Brosnan funny. is the dad. He's the dad and he's very funny, yeah, and uh, he's the most handsome man in Iceland. Yeah. And uh, he's had relationships with a number of people, which is why you have that running joke between Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdam, whereby, you know, are they or are they not kind of brother and, and sister? Yeah. I also thought there was a terrific performance too from Dan Stevens as Alexander Lemtov, the Russian. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a shot where Dan Stevens is walking across a room and you know he, 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 he worked on that walk. You know what I mean? Even the walk was funny. And there's an awful lot to, to enjoy about this, even the music. I mean, you know, mm. it's a beautiful sequence. You'll know the sequence. About an, it's about an hour in where all of the Eurovision ent- ent- entries all get together to go to a party. And they decide to have this kind of sing-off. And they do this kind of medley of songs. And there are past winners. You probably noticed there are yeah, past winners. Of the loads Eurovision of them. Song Contest. Yeah. And I was just absolutely elated by the sequence. I just thought it was beautifully done. I thought it was beautifully filmed. I thought the songs were great. I thought the singing was great. And it's just completely joyous. And that's what I loved about it. And the amazing thing, I mean, my first thought was that this has to be made by a European who knew and understood the Eurovision. But actually it's made by David Dobkin, who actually has made some of the the worst films of the last 15 years. Films like King Arthur and Fred Claus and R.I.P.D. So he obviously watched and did a lot of research and maybe through Will Ferrell and his wife 
managed to uh, come, uh, you know, become aware of how it should look and how it should feel. I thought that particular sequence was particularly yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And I enjoyed that very much indeed. Yeah. I laughed quite a lot. They, na- they nailed it. And, and anyone who, go, who goes to Eurovision, and there are people, the diehard Eurovision fans that go every single year, they all talk about those parties that run every single night of the week for the Eurovision. There's all of these and different countries host different parties. I'm dying to ask Johnny O'Mani, our Eurovision correspondent, do they have sing-offs? I'm just dying to find out because in my mind I want to believe that they do have sing-offs. I really do because yeah. I love. I th- it was one of the best scenes in the movie. It was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. Rachel McAdams is terrific. She did most of her own singing, I think, apart from maybe some of the higher notes. And she's absolutely funny and terrific in the film as well. I just, you know, I, I did. I have to admit, I enjoyed it very, very much indeed. Yes, even with the plot holes, I don't care about them. That's, you know, I think some of the, um, I especially loved, you know, when, the, the 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 countries around Europe are giving their uh, totals, mm. and they always seem to have these men who all seem to talk like this rock and roll Europe, you know. <laughs> and the, so the casting of these guys were, was absolutely brilliant. Everything about it was kind of spot on. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. And listen, it's a wet weekend, uh, and people are looking for something to do. Uh, I would say sit down, and you'll you'll pass two hours uh, away. It's, it's it is fantastic. Okay, mark it out of ten. Um, the plot host did uh, kind of will reduce I don't the, worry the, about the, that by a couple I'll give it 8 8 out of 10 ok alright I'll give it a resounding 10 out of 10 because I love <laughs> it ok Underwater this is an action horror sci-fi yeah I was meant to do this last week so it's been a few weeks since I've seen it and I'm trying to remember uh, about it and um, so basically it's, it's, it's it, do you remember the film The Abyss it's like, it's like The Abyss meets Alien is basically what it is um, so there's very little of kind of original uh, kind of storyline that we're talking about here. And basically it's about this kind of deep sea, uh, deep sea drilling company. They're about a mile under uh, ground. And that, the thing about modern films is that they just don't really seem to care about character anymore. So basically the first shots and the first scenes we see are Kristen Stewart. And she's brushing her teeth. She's um, underwater by a mile, mile underwater. And the facility starts getting attacked uh, straight away. So we know nothing about her. We know nothing about anybody. We know nothing about uh, the rest of the crew who we basically meet along the way as they try and kind of survive being attacked by this underwater creature. And I think that's a terrible shame and that's a terrible pity. I mean, if you if you look at something like Alien, for example, which is a horror movie, you get to know Yafikato, you get to know all the characters in the film and you get to care about them. So when they do die, and if they do die, uh, you, you are quite upset. But here, you don't know anybody. You don't know who they are. You don't know what their background uh, you know that Christian Stewart is going to be the heroine in the film because that's quite obvious from the very first shot. And I think that's a terrible thing and it's a terrible shame. It's a bit like, I've had this conversation with somebody recently. It's a bit like modern records. Modern records have no intro. It's almost like, okay, let's get straight into the lyrics. Yeah. And it's it's a bit like that here. They go straight into the action. And some of the action sequences are actually pretty good. Some of them are not particularly uh, well filmed, I think, um, and it's difficult. It was difficult to see what they were saying, also because they're masked up a lot of the time. It's actually difficult to hear what they were saying as well, and so I found it quite frustrating at times. Some of the action sequences are well done and pretty good, but in the main, I, to be honest, I wasn't particularly entertained by it. I wasn't bored by it. It's just one of those movies that kind of just kind of rushes over you. You go, yeah, seen this, seen it all before. We've done this before, and um, yeah, I, it was a bit meh. Yeah, you almost wanted to end. Come on, get on with it. I want to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mark it out of 10? Uh, five. Ooh, five. Okay, that's five out of ten. And cinemas are slowly starting to reopen, uh, Mark, but it's uh, you've got a book online and there'll be social distancing and all of that. 
It's funny you should say that because, uh, yeah, my local cinema did email me today to tell me what uh, they were doing and how you go about it. And, uh, and that's it. You have to pre-book. And uh, you, you know, I think under 12s have got to be accompanied by an adult and so on. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to go back into the cinemas yet myself, but uh, I suppose I'll have to. And can you, you can obviously sit with a family member, but you can't. You won't be sitting beside a random stranger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you will at least have uh, kind of a number of seats around you. So yeah. um, there'll be nobody kicking the seat behind you. That's the one. Some ants and a lot of people like that idea for sure. OK. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, we'll chat again next week, Mark. Thank you for that. OK. And have a, have a lovely week. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.